Aloha, this is Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I am interviewing Paul Constance, um, the writer, and Fred Harper, the artist. They are the creative team of Snelson, Comedy is Dying. It is a five-part limited series from Ahoy Comics. Issue number three will be coming out, or depending on when you um, listen to this episode, um, it'll be out on October 13th. Now, before we begin, today is Thursday, September 30th. It is International Podcast Day. And I didn't realize that. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How are you guys doing today? Very good. How are you? Doing good. Aloha. Aloha. (laughs) Aloha. This is Paul. uh, So you can keep track of our voices. (laughs) All right. Yes. Now, before we start the interview, I just want to go over some of the history. So for now, Paul, um, he writes journalism, criticism, essay, and comic books. You know, he, his writings have appeared in BuzzFeed, the LA Times, the New York Observer, Business Insider, io9, and the Seattle Times, to name a few. He works full-time for Civic Ventures. And Paul, do you want to explain what that is a little bit more? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a kind of a think tank uh, it, based out of Seattle. Uh, so I do a lot of political messaging. I do ghostwriting editorials. Uh, I do some speech writing, things like that. We're very interested in uh, raising wages. We were uh, big supporters of the fifteen dollar minimum wage in Seattle back when um, people called that a crackpot thing to do. Uh, gun responsibility, stuff like that. So I do a lot of um, a lot of political writing in the sort of progressive space. And then also, you are also a co-founder of the award-winning Seattle Review of Books. Right. Yes, okay. that's a site that I founded a few years ago. Okay. Yeah, because uh, mm-hmm. I I've done a lot of book reviewing in my time, and I really I really enjoyed that, and wanted to host a space on the internet where people could could do more literary criticism. Yeah. And then I'm going to say I know listeners, I know this is an audio podcast, but I just I love Paul's bookshelf. It's full of books. <laughs> Thanks. It, yeah, this it is. is. Uh, I this mean. Is, <laughs> it's uh it's all custom uh my wife actually built it for me when we uh when we moved in here uh so it's it actually wraps around all the corners of the room which i won't show you because the rest of the room is uh a super fun site um but uh it's 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 really it's really magnificent to have all of my books in one place and they're all alphabetized by author and um mm-hmm. it's I feel so happy when I walk in and, and look at these shelves. So. I, I understand. I'm, so I'm going off the cuff, Paul. You must have stopped at Powell's Bookstore, correct? I, I have been to Powell's Bookstore. Yeah, I was very excited the last time I went to Powell's right before the pandemic. And oh. I saw they had uh, my book, Planet of the Nerds, on the shelf. And I uh, signed copies. And it was very exciting. Um, I worked in bookstores for most of my life. I worked at Borders um back when that was a thing uh, mm-hmm. and i worked at elliott bay book company which is sort of seattle's version of powell's it's not nearly as big but mm-hmm. it's uh it's a it's sort of a uh uh you know uh storied oh god no pun intended storied old bookstore is what i was going to say and i i swear to god i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but i have to say me and my wife oh god i think it was 10 years ago we went to now correct me if i'm wrong powell's is in portland is that correct? Portland, Oregon. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because when we went to Powell, it's like, oh my God. I yeah. Love, if you haven't I been, it's a, it's it. a, 
it's a city block. It's a square city block uh, of books. And it's just, it's a huge bookstore. Uh, it's new and used. It's an independently owned bookstore. Um, and it's just, it's, you can lose whole days there. I have lost whole days there. Sometimes I'll go down. <laughs> Portland's about a three hour drive south. Um, and uh, I'll just go down there. I've spent like three, three days there continuously and, and, uh, and I could spend more. It's, it's really amazing. All right. All right. Sorry, listeners. Okay. So I'm going to continue on. Okay. So Paul has also written for Ahoy Comics, Planet of the Nerds. And as you know, Paul, and as Paul mentioned, you know, um, it's at Paul's bookstore. You can pick it up at your local comic shop. Um, and it's already in trade paperback, correct? Yeah, okay. Yep. And then it's, and is it still option for Paramount Plus? Is that the uh, Paramount, uh, Paramount Players. Yeah, they're, okay. a, uh, they're a division of Paramount and they optioned it for a movie and uh, I'm not allowed to talk about anything more than that. But uh, they, they did do that and uh, I'm very excited about it. Okay. And then also I have to point out because I saw um, one of the covers, it was done by Hawaii's own artist, David Nakayama. And I was yeah. Like, yeah, he did the first two covers uh, for Planet of the Nerds, and uh, he he's he's I mean he's an amazing artist. I'm really glad to see him. You know, he's really taken off at Marvel. He's mm-hmm. uh, I think almost exclusively doing Marvel covers now, yeah. um, and he's just the sweetest guy too. Like I got to meet him <laughs> at at Emerald City Comic Con, and he was just the nicest human being. I was really uh, excited to see that, and he was super stoked about working on Planet of the Nerds, and uh, yeah. Just, just fantastic. I didn't realize he's Hawaiian, actually. So, um, <laughs> one point in your favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish up. So, okay, on Paul's website, paulconstance.com, you can sample some of his writing, such as "Books Without Borders: My Life at the World's Dumbest Bookstore Chain," <laughs> and the other, um, I guess, like an article is "The Conspicuous Consumption." How I became the sort of person who can eat 23 spring rolls in two minutes. Now, <laughs> I'm leading to this. I've already talked to Paul about this. Now, if you follow him on Twitter, you know, um, you know, um, he, you know, one of his taglines is, I'm a political writer. Now, guys, I'm joking around. I told Paul I was joking around with this. But more importantly, he is the winner of the Pioneer Square Amateur No-Hand Pie Eating Contest. He ate two and a half cherry pies in two minutes. Paul, mm-hmm. you want to add no hands? No hands. I'm sorry. No hands. Uh, yeah, no. And I'm also the 2009 International District Spring Roll Eating Champion. That was when I ate uh, 23 spring rolls in two minutes. Uh, and I, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I've officially retired from competitive eating, but it was a lot of fun when I did it. And um, uh, I, I got very competitive. And I'm not a sports guy, but it was very scary how much I wanted to win that. I was. Uh, and I, I, I did, and I went out on top. So. <laughs> <laughs> and now Fred, so listeners, for Fred, his background is he attended uh, Columbus College of Arts and Design on a scholarship, and he graduated with a BFA in painting. Now, Fred also worked at an amusement park during his um, college years as a character artist. Now, quote, um, I got this from his website, I am probably still cursed to this day by the ones that have, that had braces. You want to add anything to that, Fred? <laughs> uh, yeah, and the people with freckles, uh, because uh, they didn't like me either. Because I, well, for one thing, when I drew uh, uh, little girls that had braces, uh, I would make uh, 
train noises. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'd be like, choo, choo. And uh, they'd be like, what is he doing? And then they'd see that I'd drawn the uh, braces coming out of their mouth, mm-hmm. like train tracks, going yes. around their head and then going back into their mouth sometimes. Uh, sometimes just going off into the space. And then uh, the people freckles, uh, I, would, I would say, I'm going to play Connect the Dots after uh peppering the board i I would exaggerate how many freckles i'm giving them i just pound the board because they couldn't see what i was drawing Mm -hmm. and uh i would pound the board for like a minute you know and uh they would be like what is he doing i'm like these are your freckles and uh then i and then i'm gonna play connect the dots now you want me to number them you know and uh so yeah i had a uh, i had a couple of I probably have some people that don't like me still. <laughs> and, uh, so they, uh, but they were, you know, it was all in fun. Oh, yeah. I, uh, at least I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to continue on, Fred. Um, so, and um, Fred has also done editorial illustrations for magazines like the New York, um, for, you know, for, um, for um, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Sports Illustrated, and Playboy. Um, One of Fred's noted works um, was was the Joe Bonham Project. Now, the the information I got from the Wikipedia is, um, its purpose is to portray the reality of war to the public with art that portrays the human consequences of war. Fred, I'm going to ask you, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, it was a very riveting and uh, powerful uh, experience uh, to go through uh, with a bunch of fellow illustrators uh, from the Society of Illustrators in New York. Uh, we would take trips to various veteran hospitals. Uh, we went to Walter Reed a couple of times in uh, Bethesda, Maryland, and uh, drew soldiers that had recently lost a leg or uh, both legs in some cases of uh, 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 due to landmines and stuff and uh while they're recovering we'd ask permission to draw them mm-hmm. in their ho- in their hospital room and uh we would talk to them while we drew them and uh and then we collected our works uh after a year or two of this and uh uh but yeah you know we had a bunch of stories and you know just talking to them I'm like yeah well, you know war's a bad thing uh you know that's <laughs> My, that's my, uh, I, I kind of had that idea before I went in, but, uh, yeah. you know, you, you definitely go, you know, here's a 20 year old kid who goes, yeah, he, you know, he's missing, uh, half his leg. And, uh, I go, what, a, you know, there's, here's the comic book tie in. Uh, I'm like, what, a, you know, so he's describing what happened. Uh, you know, I stepped on a lot on a mine temporarily blacked out woke up to seeing his foot on the other you know like a couple of feet away mm-hmm. and he's like well that wasn't good and he's like this kid from like oklahoma he's talking really kind of casual and slow about it mm-hmm. eating a eating a bowl of cereal watching cartoons on the, on his thing mm-hmm. and uh and then he goes it kind of felt like the hulk was pinching my leg and uh, and i was like wow you know like <laughs> the you know he's explaining this horrible experience yeah. in cartoon terms yeah. you know and uh, i'm like this is insane you know that uh, we should we even have war you know so mm-hmm. yeah that was a uh, and uh you know and i'm like this is what why am i here you know i'm <laughs> like you know these this guy this dude just like blew up his 
his leg and he couldn't wait to go back. You know, he's like, yeah, I think I can, uh, I think I can get like, you know, an aesthetic. They've gotten mm -hmm. really good at giving me these aesthetics and, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, they're, they're, I'm, I can at least drive a truck, you know, yeah. cause uh, I want to go back. And I was like, but I mean, I guess you've made a commitment, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you still got one good leg left, I guess, you know, it's, uh, you know, geez, you know, so anyway, that was, uh, quite, yeah, it was a really good experience. Uh, uh, on the lighter side of things, uh, I, I do currently do mm -hmm. co uh, covers for the week magazine. If anybody gets the week. So, uh, uh, I do, I do two a month for them. So, uh, it's a, it's a, it happens. It's called the week and it's a weekly go figure. Uh, so, uh, anyway. And then now, Fred, um, you also worked as a freelancer for Marvel. Um, you um, worked in on some of the, now correct me if I'm wrong, you worked on some of the comic books in the 90s, like Marvel, uh, Marvel Comics Presents, Savage, Savage Sword of Conan. And you're mentioning that you did some inking for um, a Doctor Strange comic book. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, right around the Midnight Suns thing, whatever, oh, yeah. whenever that was. Uh, uh, yeah, it was tying in with Marvel Comics Presents because I did the Ghost Rider story. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, I think I, I did a lot of the 20, a couple of 2099 things. And oh, okay. uh, uh, Joey Cavalieri was uh, at main editor uh, at Marvel at that point. Mm -hmm. I think he's at DC now or was. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a different time. Uh, and then also, too, you, you've also done some work for DC, as you mentioned to me earlier, um, before we started, was you did a two-page, um, you did two-page artwork for Doom Patrol, and then also, you also did some work on Animal Man, is that correct? Yes, the la last 11 issues, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, like I said, and I checked out your website, um, fredharper.com. And under the print section, you know, I saw the Mars attack print. I love that print. It's great. It, it looks oh, beautiful. Yeah, I have all the originals. Uh, I did 35 cards for the last card set that came out uh -huh. uh, for Tops. And uh, yeah, I have all the originals that are, are you, can, you can see the original scan and then see how it printed uh, next to it. And uh, they're all for sale, uh, you know, so just got to let me know which one. And mm -hmm. uh, I'll, if what, the ones that are left, uh, you're welcome to. <laughs> so. Now, Paul and Fred, did I miss anything? Did you guys want to add anything else to your work history? No, no, I think, I think that, I think that, that, that covers it for me for sure. Oh yeah. I, I don't want to bore you with all the other parts that, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I used to, I used to strip, uh, no, so, no, no, no. I was a Molly Easter bunny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's true. Uh, yes. That's, that's all, I yeah. read that Paul it was like, oh, there you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you had a long, you had a long, hard, you, you came a long way. <laughs> 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 I just, I, I, you know, I mean, when I was growing up, you would read all these paperbacks and on the back, the author like was a longshoreman and, you know, he uh, was a bodyguard for a, for a Hollywood star or whatever. And so like, I was, I was trying to gather those experiences as I was, as I was uh, starting out my writing career. 
Yeah, like the best writers, man. They they they've done some stuff. You know, exactly. A, Ernest Hemingway did his time in the Easter Bunny outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, his was war, but you know, it's the same right. yeah, metaphorically. Yeah. Same he thing. wore it like a bunny rabbit suit. <laughs> yeah, did. it was. So. And then, Fred, what about how? Um, I I know I'm kind of jumping a little ahead, but, um, what influenced you to become an artist or a painter? I should say. Uh, Oh, I can't do anything else. Uh, yeah, I'm a, a really, a, a, I think I realized the power of art when I was like a, in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I was like, you know, like every kid in, uh, uh, every kid in um, uh, high school, I'm too much, ac- too much acne uh, and uh, no, no, no dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I could draw. And uh, I saw this, uh, I saw this girl and it was like, I was probably 11th grade and uh, she, she was like the popular girl that, you know, with all the kids that picked on me and they like, uh, like mm-hmm. he's the weird kid, you know? Uh, and uh, so she fell asleep next to me in homeroom and was drooling on her books. And I did my best work uh, that day. I, <laughs> I drew her and, uh, um, and then I, I, I was very proud of this. And my friend that was older than me, does was like hey uh can i borrow that i didn't realize he didn't like this girl and uh so he got he he took the picture yes taped it up wrote whore under it uh you know (laughs) and then taped it in the uh boys room or girls room i forget which one Uh all of a sudden half the school wanted to kill me and uh i'm like wow art is really powerful you know (laughs) so uh i and I had like half the football team trying to tackle me and uh, uh, like drag me downstairs. And, you know, it was, uh, uh, it was, it, it was starting to get serious, but uh, I, you know, I escaped and uh, realized I'm going to be an artist when I grow up, you know? <laughs> you know, in some ways that story is kind of the magic of comics, right? Cause you drew a picture, but it yeah. wasn't until this person wrote the slur on it. <laughs> oh yeah. It really turned it into comics. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And re- yeah. So, so that's, that's your it's the narrative. Story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, I'm going to continue on. Uh, b- um, now, before we really get into the interview, you know, I want to give a big mahalo to uh, Hannah Bahedri of Super Fan Promotion for arranging this interview. You know, and you know, Hannah, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And I'm going to say this, Hannah, you are a lifesaver. So thank you very much, um, Paul and Fred. Do you want to add anything to this? Oh no, Hannah's Hannah's amazing. I mean, everybody at Superfan is amazing. You know, they've been they really care about the books. They, uh, you know, they actually read the books, which I think is <laughs> isn't the case in all all PR. Um, based on my experience as a book critic, uh, and uh, you know, they really care about the comics, and they they do a great job getting getting it out there, and and you know, and making sure that uh, things get noticed. So um, she's just she's spectacular. I second that. Yes. And uh, also thank you to Hart Seeley uh, for uh, uh, making those paychecks show up right, like immediately. I'm a, I've never had that experience with comics, you know, like, <laughs> they just, uh, you know, I, you turn it in and you're like, well, 
maybe I'll get paid next month or, you know, something. And, uh, but yeah, it's really, uh, no, they've been really fun and friendly, uh, at Ahoy. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now I kind of already mentioned about, you know, your guys' websites. Um, do you guys want to promote your other, um, social media platforms? Like, or can people find you on Twitter or, uh, I'm at Paul Constant on Twitter. Uh, my website is Paul Constant. It's C-O-N-S-T-A-N-T, like the mathematical expression. Um, I, I have a Facebook account, but I haven't been on it in years because they're evil. Um, so yeah, just, <laughs> just Twitter and my website. Those are the ways to find me. And what about you, Fred? Uh, I'm, I'm Dead Red Fred on uh, Twitter and mm-hmm. Instagram. And, uh, and just Fred Harper and uh, Fred Harper Art. Uh, uh, on Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. I I check that once a year at least, and uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so it's it's a uh, uh, mostly mostly the Instagram and Twitter though. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, Dead Red Fred, and you already mentioned my website, uh, uh, Fred Harper. Uh, there's also F Harper, uh, which is the fine art site, and uh, that that has more of my paintings than a, a not 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 so much illustration. Okay. Uh, same prints to to uh, <laughs> so. okay all right so you know where did you guys grow up fred do you want to go first oh sure i i, I grew up uh uh western pennsylvania ohio region uh and uh that's where i did the amusement amusement park uh caricatures and uh I did and uh, went to college there and then I moved to New York City as soon as I could. And uh, around 20, I was 23, uh, uh, I got a, lined up a job and painted murals until I got out of, uh, got into comics, you know. So uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, mostly Ohio and then New York. That's where I learned to be an adult. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I was born and raised in Maine. Um, a town called Buxton, which is only famous as the place where Morgan Freeman buries the gold at the end of the Shawshank Redemption. Um, (laughs) And a small town. And then I moved to Boston for a while. And then I moved to Seattle in 2000. And I've been here ever since. It's the longest I've ever lived in a place. I think I'm I'm a Seattleite for life. Right on. You make Seattle sound really nice, by the way. <laughs> I, I really, I really do like Seattle. I mean, I love New York. I, 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 I toyed with living in New York City, but, um, but I like the, I like the nature, and I like the, I like the West Coast more than the East Coast. I'm just, I'm just by nature more of a, uh, more of a Tupac than a Biggie, I guess. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, what well, you know for. And I'll have Paul start off first, then you, Fred. What was your first comic um, that you read? The first comic that I read, uh, there was this company called Bonanza Books that did collections of old comics. Um, They had a Superman one, and it it covered Superman from the 30s to the 70s. And it was just a collection. It was a bound book. and uh so it just had a a a a wide array of superman comics from all over and then um uh charlie brown comic strip collections i think those two were sort of together the 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 first experience i had with comics my first reading experience too i i 
uh, taught myself how to read basically on, on, on comic books in my basement growing up because I just, I wanted to find out what was in the word bubbles, you know? So um, (laughs) it was was definitely my first experience. And then what about you, Fred? I, uh, I did, uh, yeah, I was like, I think I was nine, nine or 10 and, uh, the older kids, uh, were into fantastic four in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we would, uh, we had a clubhouse and everybody fancied themselves an artist. So we, uh, we each took a a character and drew that onto the, the clubhouse, uh, uh, you know, plywood that Mm -hmm. we had, you know, scarfed from some, you know, salvage from something. And, uh, yeah, it was like, I, I didn't know how to paint, but I, you know, I managed to draw uh, the human torch, uh, cause that was, that was the only one left by the time I got there, you know? And, uh, uh, so they, they always made fun of me, of course, for being the human torch. They're like, he's the gay one. You know, I was like, <laughs> really? You know, I was like, <laughs> I'm like 10, you know? <laughs> Like, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was the seventies. What are you going to say? You know, so, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that was like my, you know, that, and then I got into, uh, Savage Sword Conan because I really liked the artwork and, uh, uh, you know, I didn't know, uh, you know, I, then later on I got more into the underground comics, uh, because of the people I, uh, the artists that I started meeting, mm-hmm. uh, uh I, I met a guy that was really into zap comics and and he was also really into psychedelic drugs apparently so uh so i didn't realize like i was totally straight like i didn't drink or do any drugs all through high school mm-hmm. but apparently my Same. best friends were always on lsd so <laughs> I, you know and i was like wow okay that explains why you made the things you made and i was trying to do that too but i was totally straight sober doing it you know going, and so i had a different approach to it that I realized and uh yeah that was my you know but I I, en- I totally enjoyed the weird stories so uh mm-hmm. yeah uh and the and that kind of led to that I feel like the 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 Marvel and DC uh uh stories were interruptions to get to the Snelson story mm-hmm. you know because because uh, like uh Snelson's the kind of story I really actually want to tell you know uh, uh as opposed to uh you know a guy and guy in tights beating people up you know, yeah. uh, or, you know, or on fire beating people up. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, Drew, the co-host of comics for fun and profit submitted this question. Do you guys remember what was your first LCS you guys visit? I'll, I'll let you. Oh, um, the, wow. Um, I think it was Casablanca comics in Maine, which I think there still might be a couple of those actually. Um, yeah, that was, that was my first one. It was, and it was, it was a good comic book store. And I, um, cause I, I always got my comics at the local, um, uh, drugstore on the spinner rack you know so i would miss issues and i get like the <laughs> the next month and then i get the the month previous by accident and things like that and then i walked in a comic book store and that that was when i first got into like fanographics books and things like that was um was was through through my local comic book store it was really it was like mind-blowing um i think f- for me yeah my yeah my first uh uh 
comic book store was really the uh, stop and go convenience store mm -hmm. uh, that had had the the little rack, you know, the spin rack uh, as well. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, my my mother would get me, uh, you know, Fantastic Four and Savage or Sword or not Savage Sword. It was the uh, I think they had another version of Conan uh, uh, that she would get. Uh, at that time mm -hmm. and uh stick it you know i get it for christmas uh presents you know and uh then then my first real store i walked into wasn't until new york city and i went to for forbidden planet and uh that was like a blast you know mm -hmm. i uh i'm like wow this is like total like you know crazy <laughs> and uh you know because i hadn't you know I, I hadn't i just wanted to be an illustrator or painter when i came to new york i didn't have a specific i want to be a comic book artist mm -hmm. you know and uh, uh so yeah because like my I, I just happened to wander into the new york comic con when it was at the pennsylvania hotel uh in like probably nine 1991 mm -hmm. or, or 92 and uh I, I i just you know nobody knew who george pratt was and there's this guy like pushing enemy aces and, and uh and nobody i'm like wow you can paint comics how cool is that you know and uh and the same with the jeffrey jones like nobody was nobody was talking to jeff jones and i was like oh my gosh look at these brilliant paintings you know this is like egon sheila just like the next version you know and i'm like this, this guy is amazing and uh and, and why isn't anybody's just mobbing him you know it was like you know but there was all these other comic book stores that had brought their stuff to sell there and uh i'm like wow i hadn't even thought about going to a comic book store and after that i sure i certainly did <laughs> wow that's pretty that's pretty cool <laughs> that you yeah. kind of sort of watering into the um new york comic oh. Was That's why like, I like New York. <laughs> you just, you know, I, I can be so lazy and just discover cool things. <laughs> and then um, for both you guys, how did you guys break into comics? Uh, well, for me, it was, uh, um, I was a writer at an alt weekly here called the stranger for a few years. Uh, and it just so happened that, uh, Tom Pyre, who, uh, you know, was the editor of, uh, doom patrol back in the day. And he was an editor at vertigo and, uh, uh, an amazing comics writer in his own right. He lived out here in Seattle for a while and he, um, uh, he reached out to me and said he liked some of my writing at the paper. And um, I've, I was a huge fan of his. And so, you know, we just, uh, we, we kept in touch a little bit. And then he reached out to me and um, uh, a few years ago and said, Hey, I'm, I'm starting this company with uh, my friend Hart Seeley. Uh, and uh, I wanted to know if you knew any artists and writers in Seattle um, who you thought deserved attention. And I wondered if you had any pitches and I pitched him uh, Planet of the Nerds, which was an idea I'd had for a long time. Um, and uh, he, they took it right away uh, and then got me to work writing backup stories for Ahoy um, to sort of get used to the form again. I'd done a lot of mini comics with friends in high school and, and things oh, okay. like that. Um, uh, and I'm sure you could still find some at thrift stores in Seattle uh, every once in a while somebody will will say hey we found this one. uh and it's pretty embarrassing but uh they're up there and uh so yeah I'd had a little bit of experience but Tom really sort of 
helped me uh, relearn the medium. Uh, he's a great teacher. And, um, and so, yeah, I've been with Ahoy ever since. I really enjoy it. And what oh. about you, Fred? Oh, geez. Uh, uh, how I got into it was, it was a little more uh, uh, desperation uh, because I, I had the previously mentioned shitty job. Uh, uh, I was uh, uh, like, I was making so little money. I was slowly going into debt, you know, in New York City. And uh, uh, I just happened to meet uh, uh, Mark Teixeira, who uh, was doing ghostwriter at the time and uh he was blowing up at marvel and i didn't realize how close marvel was to uh, you know i mean how easy it was to get to in the city so i'd go there on my lunch breaks mm -hmm. mark would get me in the door and i'd run around to all the editors and go hey do you like this do you like this and uh and he goes yeah you should just get something you know and i'm like all right and i'm gonna just walk around and he'd introduce me to a couple people but he was always treading around you know, like, you know, carefully, because he's like, I don't want to piss anybody off, you yeah. know, and, mm -hmm. and be good, be cool, or I'll, I'll never take you in here again, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, and, uh, and I, I just, you know, I went in there, I just happened to be uh, in the office, uh, I, I, I got in at Savage Sword, and uh, uh, I was doing little pinups, and, uh, and then as I was, I was turning something in, I uh, came into the uh, editor, he's got his, Hand, head in his hands and just just frustrated and i'm like oh is this a bad time and he goes how would you like to do marvel comics presents you know and i was like uh yeah sure i just mm -hmm. by then i was in new york long enough to say yes to everything yeah. and figure out how to do it later mm -hmm. you know so because I, I had never inked a comic book before mm -hmm. uh I, did, I, did, I wasn't really that familiar with the the medium uh, I was just like, I was happy doing pinups and, uh, and then, um, uh, the, the, the artist was about like eight weeks behind schedule on the, on the book. So, uh, you know, he just had to find some, somebody else, you know, and, uh, I don't know who it was. So I don't like, I, I, you know, sorry if, if you're listening, I don't, know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, I ended up, uh, like, just doing it for the next two years you know it was just uh it was just really fun to learn it you know and i you know was doing it every you know i turned in like eight pages every week of mm -hmm. finishes and at the same time i got uh i got a job at triumphant comics uh uh they they i don't know why how i got there mm -hmm. they got on their radar but like i ended up uh, getting work from them the same week I got work from Marvel, you know, so I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I was penciling a book and then I was I was doing finishes for Marvel and uh, and all of a sudden I, my income tripled. <laughs> so I was like, this is great, you know, and then being friends with Mark Teixeira, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he would get like these giant royalty checks you know, for working on, you know, Marvel or working on a Ghost Rider and then, and then uh, X-Men and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And uh, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm in the right business now, you know, because I, I could, you know, I mean, coming from $10 an hour to like, suddenly I was, ma I was making enough to pay rent and Andy, you know, it was like, it was great to be able to do both. And, uh, so yeah, I was, I was like, this is, I got to do this more. And, uh, yeah, it was really nice. Uh, 
So I'm going to, I sorry, I'm going off the cuff. So how did you and Mark, how did you meet Mark Teixeira? I mean, Oh, that was just a weird time of my life. Cause I was, uh, I was in a, uh, I was, I just gotten married and uh, I, I was going to this church, uh, you know, it's the only reason I got married really. Uh, it's like, cause the, this girl that I was like, no, I'm in love with you. I'm going to, you know, I don't care about, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get in this church, you know, even it was cult basically, <laughs> I think. Uh, and uh, I, I'm because, but because of it though, it gave me a network of, of nice people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I moved to New York that which that showed me around yes. and they and they and because I was one of the few artists they were like well you gotta meet Mark he's an artist too you know and I'm like you know so they threw all the artists in one little spot and uh and he and I hit it off so you know he's and uh yeah we had a blast you know just just chilling and uh yeah I've known him since probably 91 or 92 and uh yeah it was really it was really cool and uh yeah and he's been like we've been buddies ever since so (laughs) I want to say especially for him to go come on let's go to let's go to Marvel office right now because I I don't think we can do that nowadays (laughs) no don't try this at home kids yeah yeah yeah, it was was definitely a a weird (laughs) yeah it was definitely a weird like thing you know like i i know yeah it was like uh i, I don't know how i would start out in comics now you know uh-huh. like I, I i don't you know i don't know how you would get a marvel job you know uh-huh. i i i never had an agent i never you know I, I was like i don't know i just happened to bump into the right person yeah talk to the right person and there's all these little uh, uh random things that happen to you that, along your life that you're like Oh, I, I actually know this person and uh-huh. I, I met that person when, you know, I just, I gave my hand when they needed it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was really, it's been a really uh, interesting set of coincidences, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just like right place, right time. Because I yeah, mean, yeah. You Mark and Hey, let's go to Marvel comics. You're walking around and there's this one area that's frustrated and he kind of tries to, you know, can you do this? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my previous job, I was working at a mural company and uh, I was just like, I, I was at the bottom. I was the guy that cleaned all the bathrooms mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I did all the prep work for the real artists, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I would wash the brushes. I would like prepare the canvases and everything. And, and then uh, they, they would, uh, uh, where am I going with that? Yeah. So yeah, it was like it was like this crappy existence, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, uh, but I'd watch my boss, who I think was a not, he probably was not the greatest businessman, mm-hmm. uh, but he was he's more of an opportunist, you know. And uh, uh, I, I I think I don't know if he explained it to me so succinctly. He's like you know whatever you say, you say yes, mm. and then you figure it out later, because. Uh, because basically he would come to us with these like problems and go, Hey, um, I was talking to a guy that's going to pay us a lot of money, uh, to do this job. And I told him we could do it. Can we do it? You know? So uh, that was, that was his next question. How do we do this? You know? And I'm like, Oh, that's how it works. You know? So when this guy asked me if I wanted to ink a comic book, I said, yes, you know? And then, I, I didn't know how to do that, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, but Mark, Mark's like, I can't believe you just took a job like that. Like, why would you do that? And, uh, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, I got it. So like, 
can you tell me what, what should I use a, a pen or, yeah. a, or a brush, you know, <laughs> like what, how do you income, you know? And he goes, okay, you're going to want to need, you're going to use this. You're going to use this. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Oh, okay. So I started using a brush mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and then I found out that Marvel had, uh, for the artists that lived in New York, they could mm-hmm. come in and go, Hey, can I, can I have, uh, this kind of ink or this kind of brush or this kind of pen. Yeah. And they had a whole, a room for of of art supplies for artists and i was like oh my gosh this is like i'm in heaven this is yeah. like gonna be you know like my other place they would be like i don't care it, you that brush still has four strands left you're gonna keep using it you know? <laughs> like ah this sucks but like with at marvel they were like no we want you to have the best stuff so you can make really good comics and i was mm-hmm. like Huh, huh. I didn't know people talk like that, you know. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was a great time. Yeah. So. All right. So, Fred, thank you very much because I think that's going to be the perfect segue to going into Snellson. Comic is dying. Now, what is the premise of this series? Uh, it's about a uh, sort of a a comedian who peaked in the 90s and he didn't even peak that high uh his name is melville snelson and um he had a sitcom pilot that wound up not going anywhere um and he tells people that he went on a date with janine garofalo uh and that's (laughs) disputed um and uh he yeah so this this book uh sort of follows him as he's as he's pursuing different ways to get attention Mm -hmm. in the comedy world and um it's very much set in the in the modern time when uh you can get a lot of bandwidth by uh being canceled and then talking about it very loudly to as many people as possible and so the series (laughs) sort of just follows him through uh through various levels of uh of fame in 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 the modern times as he um inevitably screws everything up i think i think that that is that a pitch fred i don't know that sounds right yeah if i was in an elevator i would be like yeah you still got three more floors let's go yeah uh yeah we yeah it was uh no it was really interesting to you know because like it was a perfect storm like when i uh when Tom Pyre uh, uh, pitched it to me and, uh, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I guess Paul had already uh, given him the idea. And then I, I was doing something for Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror, uh, Terror, Terror, Terror. And uh, uh, I had done a couple of stories for them. And uh, thanks to Annie Nusenti, by the way, you know, she's uh the one that actually got me into Ahoy and uh, uh, she, she seems to know, she knows everybody in the comic book world apparently. And uh, so she lives in my neighborhood and just, we hang out and drink together. So. Oh my God. I love her so much. I didn't, I, I didn't know that she's, she's um, uh, her run on daredevil is one of my all time favorites. It was such a weird, fun, uh, bizarre run with John Romita jr. In the nineties. It was so good. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah yeah that's that's awesome she's a blast to hang out and talk to and and uh so yeah she got me into ahoy and then Mm -hmm. uh they you know they seemed to like what i was doing so uh i I was like well i I could use a little more work and Mm -hmm. uh and i asked tom if he had anything that i could you know like any good projects i could do he goes well i got this 
one about a comedian i'm like oh i love comedy uh yeah so this is my that's what's one of my favorite things to to watch and hear and listen to and uh, uh when i'm not uh, doing art and uh yes next thing you know there's there's a uh, the snelson idea that that paul had written and uh he goes yeah it's set in new york city um it's a comedian i'm like oh my god you're hitting everything that i like you know and uh like you know it's like has he been stalking me i think you know it's like this is you know and uh so yeah it was like one of those really insane uh like this everything lined up you know and uh it was exactly the story i i would love to explore like over and over again you know and what you know in different uh different scenarios you know so uh yeah um yeah, uh, Tom had asked me, there was a book uh, that Ahoy was doing, one of the first books they were doing was called uh, Hashtag Danger. And it's it's a great comic. It's a very sort of fun, um, fantastic four meets social media sort of riff uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, they wanted to do a backup comic in it. And and Tom said, I want, I want something really sort of... Uh, realistic and 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 maybe a little dreary to counteract because the strip was drawn hashtag danger was drawn in a very sort of vibrant cartoony style and uh so i i came up with snelson and uh and pitched him on it and Uh um and you know i mean fred came on almost immediately and i don't know what would have happened to the strip without him because he really um (laughs) you know i i'm very far away from new york city and i don't actually know all that much about stand-up comedy so um fred really saved the strip uh so we did five uh backup issues uh backup stories for hashtag danger that are available free um i don't have the link but um maybe we can put it in the show notes uh for uh, you can read all of them free on comiXology um and okay. they, they will hopefully eventually be collected in with the um with this series eventually um uh, but yeah, so so we did those five issues, and then Tom wanted more, and uh, and we were happy to to do it. Um, yeah, it's it's like yeah, those, the the perfect partner uh, Fred was for this. And those those first uh, like hashtag danger ones are we 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 use those as like little extra drops in the in future issues or the present issues that we're doing and. Wow. Uh, uh, some of the things we, I did there, I, I put in the background in the in the new issues. So you can kind of go, if you're familiar with the old issues, you can go, oh, that's where that character is from. And then Paulo referenced something that he we did, you know, in that run. And uh, it's it's really kind of like a fun, like I had one of my friends is totally enjoying all the little background things that I dropped in the, the present issues uh, that, that she was familiar with and she's like oh this i, I like how you did this one and you did this you know so uh it's yeah it's a weird little ecosystem for sure yeah because we just have characters that we don't we could just do a book on the 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 background characters mm-hmm. that uh we come up with and you know because like everything we you know we've come up with are kind of like real characters that could be in the world you know and, and you're yeah. like oh that's this this person's interesting and then we're just you know it's uh in the back of my mind, the Snelson is kind of a, uh, uh, it's kind of a weird version of, of Seinfeld in a way in, a, in that <laughs> when you think of Seinfeld, uh, uh, you know, you're like, oh, Jerry wasn't really the, the, the craziest person on there. You know, you had all these other characters that he hung out with 
that a lot of times the stories were about them, you know, and like, I, I feel like Snelson's characters could do that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, like we, it's, it's definitely an ensemble kind of cast, but like Snelson's the main ingredient to all mm-hmm. of them, you know, so uh, that's, that's the kind of a cool aspect of it. So I'm, uh, so I'm sorry, I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit and because correct me if I'm wrong. So wait a minute. So, Snelson has appeared in Hashtag Danger as a backup story. Yeah. Yep. There were five, five, I think, were they, they were eight pages, I believe, right? Seven. Five? Yeah. So, Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can like, okay. they'll, they'll be, there's like a scene, I think, in the third issue, uh, uh, that, that, uh, you know, it's kind of loosely based in being in the, the comedy cellar in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of comedy clubs have uh, pictures of, of like comedians that have come through there, yes. you know, like, you know, Oh, Chris Rock used played here once. And there's a picture uh-huh. of him, you know, stuff like that. So I have a scene where I put, you know, I put David tell in cause he's one of my favorite guys. You know, I, I see him at the cellar all the time. And, uh, and then uh, one of the comedians that surpasses him in, in those early issues of hashtag danger, I put her, she has the biggest picture on the wall, <laughs> you know, so just to rub it in that he's, he's a loser, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, so things like that. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I was, yeah, it was great to be able to uh, put all these little drops in and uh, we, we did, we had so much stuff that we could mine from those hashtag danger issues uh, mm-hmm. that I'm like, Oh, you know, the, the vape uh, advertisement, you know, uh, one, one of the stories is about the, this guy, uh, Snelson blows his opportunity to uh, uh, this is one of the free ones that's already out. So I'm not, this is not yeah. a, yeah. So, <laughs> not a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, he blows his opportunity to have a big lucrative uh, endorsement deal for a, a big, uh, for a, a vape, uh, thing pen uh, and uh, I, I drop ads for that in the background in all the new issues you know like just rubbing it in that he's still yeah, just taunting not, him in the background yeah, yeah <laughs> I am I, I do that everywhere I'm like I love this character because he's so fun to bet to beat on <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just gonna ask so, um, you know since you guys have been working on Snowset for a, a, a while you know, um, you know, when you guys started just, you know, when you guys start to do this limited series, are you guys working with a full script or, you know, or have you guys got to the point where not a complete script? Um, I, I, I do write a full script, but I mean, there's always the understanding that Fred can do whatever he wants uh, <laughs> with it. You know, like I, I just think, you know, um, uh, 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 Fred's an incredible artist and like I'm I'm you know I think every comic book writer had that like demoralizing moment when they turn like 12 or 13 where they realize I'm never going to be an artist and you know it just <laughs> totally crushes them and so I think some writers try to overcompensate by over controlling what's on the page but like Fred is a he's, he's a he's a he's a freaking you know visual genius so like I'm not going to tell him how to do his job oh, so yeah. um I, I, I write things, the, the script generally stays the same, um, but uh, I write it with a full understanding that he's going to make it better 
uh, uh, in the in the actual uh, rendering of the art. Mm-hmm. Because Fred, yeah, well, before you start, because I know an issue when I read issue. Um, oh, and also too, I got to thank Hannah for the um, the um, advanced copy of um, issue one that I read. I love the scene where I think um, I forgot where they Snelson and his um, fellow comedians are at some bar, some comedy club in the South. And, yeah. you know, you know, this woman's hitting on Snelson. And he's like, yeah, hi, honey. And in the background, you see, <laughs> if I'm wrong, you know what I'm talking about. You see, I see. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Ab- Abigail. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and, and was, and her boyfriend, Calvin, Calvin, I mean, yeah. it, it was like something happened where, you know, she's she's ready to punch this cusp, you know, one of the, um, yes, drunks or something, and Calvin's like, no, you're holding her. It, it's great. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, I thought it was fun to like have like background stuff happening, and uh, you know, trying to establish the character. I think Paul mentioned that maybe she's getting into an argument with somebody in the script, and then I was like, oh, let's just have this go through the whole page <laughs> and you know and you know it is it's supposed to be a weird like comedy uh, subject uh, mm-hmm. uh, comedy as a subject so uh i just thought it would be fun to uh show that she's like this little angry you know like hothead at first and then and then paul will write her like she's insecure on other times where she's like are you sure and then you know like i'll I'll draw her smaller on the panel on purpose just to make her like feel like, you know, I try to use some of that emotion that you might uh, draw with to Mm -hmm. uh, express what the character's going through, you know? So like, uh, I think also in that issue, uh, they're smiling. Uh, Is that the the podcast? Oh my God. Issue two was great. I I didn't know what part you're talking about. That was great because i i feel like you know you want to i'm going with the emotion uh, of of what what might be going on in their head like uh, no just smile really big and uh i want to uh you know just pretend everything's nice and okay and uh yeah we're gonna we're she's, they're still looking okay keep smiling you know um so yeah it, it was just that kind of emotion that you you can have as a character and I, I try to identify with it and and exaggerate that part of it as much as exaggerate the drawing you know so uh yeah so yeah, so really... for people who haven't seen it the scene is they're they're trying to put up a, a brave face for some cameras and they don't think there's a microphone so they're they're trying to look happy and everything and i wrote it you know their faces are frozen in a smile and they're really uncomfortable but fred just like just made the smiles fly off of their faces in a really you know surreal way that that i didn't i never imagined but of course is like the only way to do that and it's it's gorgeous because he he did it but so you know like uh, it's 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 uh it's uh, that's not something i i would have would have ever dreamed of doing because i'm not an artist the way fred is so that's it's it's a very collaborative process and like if something in the background makes you laugh odds are good that that fred came up with it entirely on his own so. <laughs> well it's like a, having a good solid script though you know because he you know since paul makes a nice like you know he this this is what happens in this this panel mm-hmm. and uh this is what you know everything's like figured out ahead of time mm-hmm. that allows me to go i can think i can push this here mm-hmm. you know because like if i didn't have that then i'd be i could probably just 
derail everything and go way off, you know, like, uh, uh, but because there's like a nice structure under it, you know, I, it allows me to like, you know, like a jazz kind of thing, you know, like, oh, well, I can, I'm going to riff off of this and, mm -hmm. and go, you know, but we still come back to that same structure that holds it together. And, uh, you know, so, you know, that, that's, that's why I enjoy Paul's scripts because they're like, you know, they're tight, but he'll say things like the descriptive things for me to read that like, Oh, he says this flippantly or something, you know, and then, uh, you know, and when I, I've learned to read scripts in the manner of like, Oh, what, what else are they saying? Uh, you know, in addition to what we're supposed to draw, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that way it, it makes it like it, you, you can get more out of it. And if I'm doing, if I'm trying to do more, it's going to be better, hopefully, uh, you know, so uh, like, you know, it's like, why, you know, why, why just do, why just do the simple thing, <laughs> <laughs> which is why it takes so long to do these. I, I mean, I've, I'm like, I have slowed down so much over the years, but you know, uh, I, I, I could, I used to be able to pencil and ink things like I was pencil and inking like one or two pages a day, uh, you know, when I was doing Marvel and DC, but you know, it, it, the backgrounds didn't matter so much. It mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't as intricate uh, yes. of the story. Uh, you know, it didn't matter. I, I, I could have done things like that, but uh, uh, it would have taken too long, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, now they didn't, they, they gave me five issues and uh, they were like, yeah, we, we don't, yeah, there's not really a deadline. We're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna see what you do, how much you turn in, and mm -hmm. then we'll schedule it. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is the best working because mm -hmm. you know, and and you guys are really nice, and mm -hmm. you and you like just you you haven't said anything about like how I handled this or that. You mm -hmm. know, you're, uh, it, it's uh, I, I try, and then as I went, I realized how much freedom I had, yeah. and uh, I was like, oh, now I can really push this, and mm -hmm. and everybody seemed to be happy with it. You know, but I mean, I'm used to the, editorial magazine illustration they'll be like hey can you fix this hand and uh you know like can you like they, they'll nitpick everything and uh, you know i'm like well okay uh you know so i fix that and i fix this you know so i'm used to that you know mm -hmm. but in comic books they're just like oh it's it's right in front of me i guess that's that's what we get you know of like <laughs> i mean i could fix things if you want me to it's not that hard yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah i uh i the giving that when you have that i realize when you have that freedom mm -hmm. uh it allows you uh uh it allows you to like think outside the box a little more and 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 explore something that like well normally i wouldn't try this if somebody was really breathing down my neck mm -hmm. you know but but because they're not i'm like i'm gonna try it and see what happens you know and and now and and usually once you get in that rhythm it, it mm -hmm. comes out great you know and because i'm really happy with everything that uh, that we were able to do together so yeah because i'm i'm going back to that scene where you know um you know snelson and calvin are smiling because that because that one guest that they're hoping for canceled on the podcast and you know he's got that quote-unquote film youtube filmmaker and yeah. i love it when the, the, the smile is just like okay just keep smiling keeps and it just it just grows outrageous and um to to me and you could correct me if i'm wrong but i love that that i to me i think some of your your character caricature art style really works 
you know. Oh yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. that that was great it, because we don't see that in comics, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Usually, me, if you're realistic, you tend to stay realistic in everything and you try to you know whereas like i feel like doing a story you want to kind of uh push i i like the emotional side of it too you know Mm -hmm. so i i feel like it's really it's nice to be able to uh where where it makes sense Mm -hmm. do that you know so you can't just do it for doing it's sake you you have to it has to you know because i'm i haven't done that you know just since i mean i don't I haven't done that before in a comic you know and uh uh you know I, and I, it made sense to do it there and, mm-hmm. yes. paul i'm gonna ask you where did the name melville snelson um where did that name come from <laughs> uh well let me see i had a boss who i didn't like who uh really hated the name snelson snelson is you know this is a last name it's not super common um but uh like he hilariously hated the name snelson and would like rant about it it came up a fair amount for reasons that i won't go into here and uh (laughs) um and uh uh and i just i've i've rarely seen a name get that kind of reaction out of someone so i figure you know, like personally, I don't feel that, that like hatred towards it, but, uh, but I figure if it gets a, a rise out of someone that much, then, uh, then it's, it's worth, uh, investigating. So yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just, it really stuck in my head as, as, as noteworthy. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the Melville, um, I wanted something sort of literary and sort of self-important for a first name. And, um, <laughs> And, uh, and so I was, you know, like, I was looking at Nathaniel Hawthorne and, you know, I was looking around and, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, I just liked the way the, the Mel and the Snell played together and the, <laughs> it's, 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 the name sort of sounds like a curse a little bit, Millville mm-hmm. Snelson. It's like got a real, <laughs> just saying it sort of. The, as, mm-hmm. as as one piece sort of puts you in the mindset yeah. that I think of when I think of him. So mm-hmm. it just, it sort of all echoed uh, together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, for both of you guys, who came up with the design for Snelson? Who came that up was, with, yeah. uh, that was all, all, all Fred. I'm going to let you, uh, <laughs> let well, you go start, into it. I start with, uh, yeah. You gave me a uh, a couple of uh, uh, car- you know comedians. You kind of was thinking about uh, I think Mark Maron and uh, yeah. uh, David Cross and uh, uh, and you mentioned a couple of those. And then I, I you know because it's a realistic kind of based uh, thing that we were doing. I mm-hmm. I felt like I should come up with a distinct look of a normal person. Mm-hmm. You know uh, so. Uh, I, 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 uh, I, ha- I met this guy that was like, he's this old crazy guy and he had a wisp of white hair that defied gravity and logic uh, on his <laughs> head. And uh, he was mostly bald, but he had this weird hair on top of his head. And I'm like, well, I have to, I'm going to, I've remembered it for years. I've had, this is like back in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, 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 I'm like, I have to use that. And then I, I'm like, well, he's, he's got to be soulful. So he's gonna have a soul patch of white, 
you know, like he's just gone. He just has that white streak in his hair, uh-huh. you know, and uh, uh, like uh, so because the rest of his hair is black, you mm-hmm. know, or, or dark brown. And um, uh, so he just has that one little spot that's holding on for dear life in the front of his head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he has his soul patch. And, and if you break it down into simple, simple, like, uh, lines, it would be like a, an ex- exclamation point, like a little, little dot and then boom, you know, on, mm-hmm. on top of his head. And from a distance, you'll always notice that, you know? So like if I do a long shot, of this character you know where he is because mm-hmm. you can see that and uh you know and it's kind of and it's a natural occurring thing so mm-hmm. uh i felt like that that's like you know i, I want to do something that'll be distinct from a long point of view and also interesting up up close mm-hmm. uh so that that's where it came from <clears throat> and it, it worked out well that that uh fred and i are about the same age because um I, I would have hated to have to explain like wallet chains and like the, you know, the weird <laughs> short lengths of the nineties and stuff that, that Snelson wears, but Fred understood all that stuff. So <laughs> I didn't have to, I can't imagine trying to explain to like a 22 year old artist, 1990s fashion, because it was just right. so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a comedian called the uh, uh, big J Okerson that has the wallet chain. And, uh, but he's a, he's, he's, probably 40s something you know so he's mm-hmm. early 40s so uh uh i don't and he's from philadelphia so he's got the he's got the look from the 90s i think you mm-hmm. know that i i was thinking of <laughs> he has like he even has the 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 fingerless gloves uh and uh <laughs> yeah uh, but and he's funny as hell so uh <laughs> so i'm gonna ask um you know why use comedy and I, I don't know if I'm using this phrase correctly, but like as a backdrop to the story, you know, why not have Snelson in politics or journalism? Uh, well, there is a journalist character who comes up a fair amount who I get to use to sort of talk about my feelings about journalism in the modern day. So, so there, <laughs> there is that. Um, but as to why comedy, I think it's because I really wanted to talk about what I saw people in my generation talking about when it came to like, you know, the idea of cancel culture and free speech and, um, you know, being silenced and things like that in response to me too, um, you know, and in response to, uh, to black lives matter and different, you know, uh, um, as a, you know, cis white male um uh i've seen a lot of my sort of peers go overboard uh in response (laughs) to losing like not even not losing their platform but having to share like a millimeter of the spotlight with people who are not white men right Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to do a comic that was about that and to me uh, comedy was always just right up at the forefront of that conversation, right? There are a lot of comedians who who now make a living doing this, uh, uh, you know, talking about being silenced on podcast after podcast and, and, and uh, going on tour and talking about how silenced they are and things like that. So comedy is sort of at the, at the intersection of all of these things. So it seemed like the place to, um, where it would be easiest to touch at all these sort of like issues that, that are, 
in the in the zeitgeist right now um mm -hmm. uh to sort of intersect with all of those in the easiest way and then i was very lucky that uh fred was very knowledgeable about these things because i i i know a couple of stand-up comedians but i i never did stand up or anything like that so i was really uh glad to have someone with his expertise come on <laughs> <laughs> and fred how did you like contribute or add to this part you know Oh, it's just, uh, I think we, Paul and I are kind of similar on the same uh, ideas about it. And mm -hmm. I, I, I followed a lot of, I've been following comedy. I, I, I started going to com uh, like the comedy places in 1991 when I mm -hmm. got here. And uh, well, even be in college, I was going to in, in Ohio. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, I, I've, I've watched like, like Andrew Dice Clay oh, yeah. was when he came out and uh sam kennison those guys were like monsters in the 80s and mm -hmm. and they were you know they were rude and you yes. know the, and then and and their their acts would totally be like not not even get a start uh if if uh, in today's society and uh and i ha i've seen everything change uh that paul's talking about and uh uh so yeah it's like you know when i you know I, I go back now because of YouTube and I look at like, you know, Bill Hicks mm -hmm. and uh, people like that. And uh, I'm like, Oh, you know, this is really incredible. You know, George Carlin, you know, yeah. just, they all like, start, like when they all start and they're, and the nice thing, uh, uh, the metaphor of a comic, you know, you know, commenting on today's society, it makes sense to me. You know, it's like we're, it's the, it's the gesture uh you know the in the in the shakespeare play going hey you know see hamlet sucks doesn't he you know <laughs> he's being an asshole here and uh and then you know but you, you don't really you know he's making fun of the king or somebody yeah. it, you know that's the traditionally that that's that's the guy that could get away with it without getting his head cut cut off right mm -hmm. away and and in a way that's really cool how we're doing it you know and uh uh so yeah i mean i just try to support what Paul is doing mm -hmm. and, and, and go with it and, and try to add to it where I can. So, mm -hmm. uh, but he's, he's doing the, most of the, uh, the creative part of like inventing the character and inventing <laughs> like the story and going, Oh, it makes sense to have him walk through that door and not like use a, use a sledgehammer to go through, you know, I've like, I have like, but I like sledgehammers, you know, <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, so, but Paul, Paul will give me an actual story that makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, I will, I will go with that. <laughs> now, now for this question, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of joking on this part. Now, without naming names, is Nelson based on a comedian or a combination of comedians? Uh, for me, he's based on a combination of comedians. I think that, uh, that, you know, Fred's already mentioned, um, mm -hmm. uh, um, David Cross uh, is is one. David Cross's 1990s stuff is very like, you know, sort of in your face, uh -huh. uh, uh, angry man sort of a thing. Um, and so that's like a that's a base of it. Um, in the second issue, when he gets into podcasting, there's a little more Mark Marin um, and things like that. But not no no one particular yeah. uh, comedian. It's for me anyway. It's it's. Uh, and and to be clear, like when we're talking about David Cross, um, I'm talking about like 
David Cross only like 40% less funny, right? So like, <laughs> it's very only. important that yeah. whatever comedian he's reflecting, he's not as good as that comedian. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's for me. I don't know. I, I, Fred, do you have any any other comedians who are like who are your sort of inspiration? Uh, not yeah. Those are the ones for the for that character anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just because like it's more you know comedy's more about like what you actually t- say as a joke and and your opinions so to me that's more the comedy and what he looks like is kind of like well he actually looks like my third floor neighbor because that's who posts for him most of the time <laughs> and I, and I, I i you know i told my neighbor uh uh he, he's like he's like right age group he's like 54 uh, I go, hey, uh, I got this character. He's he's a washed up comedian. And he's an asshole. And do you want to model for him? And uh, uh, so, and my and my neighbor's awesome. He's just like, yeah, man. What do you want? You know. And, uh, and also, fuck you. You know. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Uh, so it was it was awesome. He he was uh, he just every time I went down there, I go like, I need some expressions. He's like, how about this? Ah!" You know, he'd get into it, you know, and he, he's like a lighting director. He's not, that's not even his, you know, he's like, "Ah, I'm just, I'm just messing around, you know? So, uh, but yeah, he's, he's a, he's a blast to talk to and, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, totally, he was totally into the character and, you know, he's like, it it doesn't exactly look like him, but you know, it's, it's pretty close. You know, Uh, you can see it if you're looking. This is an, off the cuff question and i am just purely joking so fred does is your neighbor going to get a cut out of this a cut of a you know percentage oh, he, he, ex- <laughs> he totally expects one you know he's like uh yeah you know if you leave anything out uh that you uh, uh outside of your door i'm stealing it you know so i'm like all right you know so <laughs> I, i'll leave the good stuff you know <laughs> Are you going to bring him to comic book conventions when you guys are promoting? Snow oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give him some glasses. He doesn't wear glasses. So I'm like, yeah, I have to give him the glasses. And uh, I'll, I'll have, I'm like, well, we're going to have to shave a bald spot in your head. Is that okay? And he's like, uh, okay. You know, <laughs> he's like, will it get me the chicks? You know, so, yeah, oh, that'll, that's, that's what he'll do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to continue on. So on in issue one, you know, I know there are a couple of panels with cows in there. Now, mm-hmm. were the cows a symbol of something? Like for me, I don't know. I, I just thought it was like, like, like somehow or another, you know, like people, like, you know, people are being herded like cattle for something. Or am I just reading too much into it? No, no, no. I mean, the, the cows came up a lot, and uh, uh, that was one of the things that uh, that w- it was a it was a big theme in that issue. Um, because I actually have heard comedians uh, refer to, especially like jaded, tired comedians, refer to the audiences like looking at them like cows, like their eyes and you know their eyes are sort of have that wet glow to them, and they're like some some comedy clubs are like chewing on their food, you know, and they're like this <laughs> slack jawed sort of a thing going, and so I that always sort of struck me as as. Um, as an image, I think a lot of comedians who are really unhappy with where they are probably think of their audience as like, you know, uh, ruminants and things like that. So it's <laughs> it's uh um so yeah that's that's I think basically I was it was just a way to get into get into Snelson's mindset a little bit. 
for listeners, if you guys haven't picked up the first issue, I, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like towards the end, there's a couple panels that um, Fred drew that the audience eyes were cows, <laughs> cow eyes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That was uh, like, I, I, that's one of those things you pick up on. They're like, uh, I think, I think Paul was like, yeah, it's kind of like they're cow. They're, they're looking at them like cow eyed. I'm like, I'm just going to make them cows, you know? And, and you know, I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm going to go with it and exaggerate it. And uh, you know, cause I thought, you know, it, it was a special, it was an important moment for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I'm like, Oh, that, you know, I wanted to make sure everybody knew this is a significant uh, moment. And, and I, I'm like, yeah, we're going to step out of reality for a second. And mm-hmm. the audience is going to be a bunch of cows. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so uh, th- this is like, it made it, I feel like it made its point better uh, mm-hmm. that way. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm slowly wrapping things up, guys. So um, now I know issue one, Snelson, his platform was a comedy stage. I know in issue two, he's like at this, he has a podcast and that's kind of like a, his stage to express himself. Now, again, am I reading too much into this? Is, does, do these have like deeper meanings of what is really going on in Snelson's life? Am I wrong or? Well, for for me, I wanted to address the fact, like I said, that I think that um, that the people who talk about being silenced uh, keep getting larger and larger platforms to talk about being silenced, mm-hmm. and so uh, and every issue is um, every Snelson story we've done. Uh, it's sort of like a skipping stone. We touch on different points in his life. Yes. Usually, uh, a significant amount of time has passed in between each issue, and he's mm-hmm. changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to address different ways that people communicate and different, different platforms and things like that, because I think there's, there's just, um, uh, uh, there are a lot of different ways to look at the, at the issue of, you know, of cancel culture and of, of, uh, of wanting, wanting a platform. And so, uh, so that, that was my thinking, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like I said, I was like, I was, but and then the other thing too like that's pretty good and like i and the other thing you mentioned too that that's right because from issue one to issue two it's like um i i'm not trying to spoil it i don't want to spoil anything but it's like all issue one i was expecting to see what happens after that but then it's like already he's doing a podcast so i was kind of like Mm -hmm. okay what what about this that thing that ended in issue one but now it's coming but I also see the ending of issue two, what happened or the results. Yeah, we, we, we go back and address it a little bit in the story, what happened specifically at the end of issue one. But it's, it's, it's uh, you know, I also think, you know, we probably could have done a five issue series about uh, Snelson starting a podcast and getting it off the ground, but I don't think that would have been especially interesting. So I, I like to, um, I like the skipping forward and, uh, and playing with time in the, in the narrative a little bit. And plus it allows in almost every issue, he goes through a pretty significant physical change. Like in the second issue, he has a beard and, and yeah. you know, like, and Fred does a great job with like making him recognizable, but still, you know, 
uh, still changing to the, and I, I, I just thought that was really interesting because I think, you know, if you look back at your photos of your life, I'm sure you had different, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a Mohawk phase or, or everyone not judging you, <laughs> 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 but it's, it's, you know, like I, I, I'm really interested in, in taking a character and just having him go through all these different permutations and, 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 uh, and, you know, it's seeing, it's still the same person, but they're trying on different sort of persona all the time. And mm-hmm. I think Fred did a really amazing job of sort of following that and keeping him, keeping him on model, but still experimenting with the ways that he presented to the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fred, do you want to add anything? Oh, no, I, that's uh, pretty much my, I was at uh, the same approach, uh, trying to use like, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, cause like there's another, uh, uh another scene in another book that we do that where he's like looking back at young snelson you know and uh uh and and it's like you know like wow what did he look like that you know like that was that's that's going to be an interesting one too you know and mm-hmm. uh uh you know less lines on the face uh so i went with that and uh same glass you know i, I try to you have to keep certain things so people recognize it but you know yeah like what if he gets turned into a toad you know then like well you know that toad's gonna have the glasses and uh and a a strange wisp of hair for no reason on you know (laughs) and uh you know so you you try to figure out like those distinct things that carry through no matter what happens to the character Mm -hmm. so like i had a character once where uh i designed this really nice elaborate costume for the the person you know the character Mm -hmm. and like i didn't know that the writer had planned to like burn this off in about three pages you know they got it was before i got the script so i didn't know what was going to happen to this character but i'm like oh i'm gonna make her look really cool and badass and you know so uh uh like like three pages in like she's in a firefight and her her coat that i spent like a day designing you know trying to figure this thing out i'm like oh it's gonna be cool mm-hmm. pull off ripped up shredded and i'm like oh man you know <laughs> so uh i try to you know i'm like now yeah, now at least the the rest of that character uh was was uh, uh designed you know distinct enough where it's like oh you know you still recognize it yeah. afterwards but i i was like oh i, I spent so much time on this and <laughs> And, and uh, just to have it last three pages, you know, so, uh, yeah. All right. So, um, now this part, I'm just going to, you know, just kind of, I'm going to put it where it's like, I'm going to say that, you know, I know for Snellson, I know some readers may say that this book is for them. And then this book is not, you know, for them. You know, there's going to be someone that, for both you guys, what is the one thing you guys want the readers to walk away, you know, um, after this limited series is over? I, I, I don't, I don't know if I have any one thing I want a reader to walk away with. I hope that, you know, it, that something in it made them laugh and <laughs> ideally something made them think also. Um, but, you know, like I, I, I've talked to people who have very different understandings of cancel culture, for instance, mm-hmm. and they took something completely different from, from the parts of the book they've read so far. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's, I think that's cool. You know, the only thing 
I, I, I would be really upset. And I think that we both worked pretty hard on this is I didn't want um, some of the more regressive uh, comics people uh, to, to, uh, to take this as like a, a statement, you know, um, I didn't want Snelson to be anyone's hero. Right. So like, it was very important that we don't make him, uh, uh, somebody's, uh, you know, uh, we didn't, I, 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 my nightmare would be to have somebody come up to me and go, man, Snelson is my hero. I, I want to be just <laughs> like him or something like that. So, uh, uh, that's the only thing that I don't want to hear from yeah. anyone. And, and, and I feel like if, if I do, then, uh, then I've failed at my job as a writer. But, um, uh, I mostly, uh, you know, I would love to just like, hear what people had to say about it and mm -hmm. and talk to them about it because i uh we've been working on this for so long and and we worked through the pandemic and uh it was it was delayed a little bit because of the pandemic because we were waiting for comic book stores to get back up and running okay. again so like we've been holding on to this for so long yeah. and uh I, i'm just excited when people read it and you know even if they don't like uh you know some of the script or something like that because i think it's impossible to not like the art uh you know like if, at least they're experiencing it and i'd love to talk to them about it so mm -hmm. that's my long and rambling answer fred no, no, yeah, no. yeah it's a yeah because it's nice to I, I hopefully they'll they'll it's it's the beginning of a dialogue that they'll be carrying out you mm -hmm. know when they see it in real life because uh, we were just reflecting what we've observed and yeah. and then we're able to go yeah this is really this is kind of a significant thing that's happening in our lives right now and and the world's complicated you know like there's not uh there's no one direction one easy answer yeah. and uh you know and i i feel like uh, I, you know, always look in the background. There's always something else there. And uh, uh, so, uh, you know, th there's a lot of, there, you know, we drop a lot of things in there and I try to, uh, I try to drop a lot of things in the backgrounds in the, in the, in the book as well. And, uh, and I think, you know, if you, if you look at between the art and, and the, and the words and you go, Oh, there's a lot more, I think we were able to say a lot more mm -hmm. than than a simple telling of a story. Uh, so uh, yeah, I feel like hopefully they'll walk away with more questions to ask themselves. <laughs> you know, immortality. Yeah, that's it. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna say this, and I think you guys saw my email last night that um, I love the series. I do. Um, I'm gonna. And, you know, the first issue, you know, Paul, your writing is great because um, the character of Snelson, you know, he's off-putting. And the, the scary thing is I recognize that character in, you know, he's someone in my family. He's someone at my church, you know. But mm -hmm. I, but it's recon he's recognizable. He's relatable. In the second issue, it, he's, um, um, it's, you know, he he he's um you know you you, you, you know he he gets it's it's a little bit more um he's a little bit more real because to me mm. and like i and i and you guys saw my nose that basically it's just he he's just trying to make a mark in the world he just you know he's just a he's a human being who wants to you, you know uh, you know his big break pass by you know and 
you know, but, and he just wants to make sure someone remembers, kind of like, like I said, leave a mark on the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and not in a, you know, just, he just wants, yeah, that, that's what I see. But like I said, I love it. You know, I love, you know, I love it. Like every so artist that, oops, sorry. Ahead, yeah. Sorry. No, uh, like every every artist that uh uh you know writer artist uh performer uh you know they're if if you're not like you know it's for like uh, say you're an atheist right you don't believe in god or anything uh you, you still think about like what will happen after i'm gone you know so uh as an artist you're like this is my shot of immortality mm-hmm. and uh you know so uh that's what snelson kind of is like yeah i i i wanted to be remembered i wanted to be i want the accolades too but you know and he's he's selfish enough where like he's probably simplistic enough where he's like no i just want to be famous you know kind of you know like that you know but he's also uh, you know in the back of your mind as an artist you're kind of like this is my shot at immortality you know if i do something significant that people will remember and talk about you know and uh uh and and we're we're telling his story as a as our hope to be uh, <laughs> immortal. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting idea. I think uh, when, when you uh, think about why you do art and what it's for and who's going to remember it. And, uh, so yeah, that that kind of fame, I think, is is you know, I think it's I don't think it's a bad thing to want to be remembered uh, or to want no, to make your mark no. or anything like that. But I think that there are some some people who don't care how they get remembered or how they <laughs> yeah. make their mark as long as they do it. Yeah. And that's, that's where it gets uh, toxic and weird and all that. And that's sort of what, what, what Snelson is, is, uh, is wrestling with in this issue. Cause he is or in this series. Cause he is, you know, he's getting older and he's aware that things have sort of passed him by. And so mm-hmm. he's trying to trying, you're, you're right. He's trying to make his mark on the world, but, um, but there are lots of different ways that you can do that. And not all of them, <laughs> in fact, most of them probably aren't that great. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. A lot so of them involve shit and vomit. Yes. On, uh, yeah. So literally sometimes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah yeah that's 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 the that's a very good reading i think it's it's a it's it's exactly it's one of the major major issues with the book mm-hmm. i think all right so i'm okay i'm slowly wrapping this up i'm gonna ask some lighter questions about the series okay so i'm joking on this part you guys keep mentioning janine grolofio's name in the series do any of you guys know her like, i do not know her uh no but i was just at a comedy club the other day and uh uh this guy's like i i gave him a snelson book and and he read something about uh us joking that this character knows janine Graffalo and he goes she might be playing here in a couple of days if you want to come back and i'm like I'm like, really, I don't know if I should meet her because uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, this might be, it might not be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> not that we I, I do don't. anything bad, but. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, you know, I'd love a blurb. If, if you're out there, Janine, you know, if you, yes. you want to blurb you know, the book, please. If you don't, if you do want to make a, an appearance, you know, yeah. I, I can shoot some <laughs> reference and uh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, I had such a crush on her growing up. Oh my God. In the 90s, yes. she was like my <laughs> ideal, uh, yes. my ideal uh, date, I think. And that's, I think that's why she's, she's Snelson's because she, in the 90s, she was like, 
she was um yeah she's amazing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and she still is amazing but it's oh, like it's, it's, yes. it's very much of the of the time and all that but no yeah. neither neither of us know him no her okay. sorry <laughs> i mean yeah because the truth about cats and dogs oh my god mm-hmm. i loved her in that movie i so, think she did a couple of was like oh what was there's a bill murray one she did with an elephant he had to bring cross country with yes larger than life that's it underrated oh. movie <laughs> <laughs> bill murray and an elephant you can't go wrong <laughs> okay so fred you've already mentioned she's not going to make in a cameo in this book all right <laughs> i don't i don't think so but i would love to put her in yeah so, <laughs> uh but i i yeah I, I have seen her perform once at uh uh michael ian black uh, the other, he's a comedian. Uh, he uh, was doing a pilot episode and somebody gave me a ticket to go see that. And I was in the front row and she was part of that show uh, and mm-hmm. did a, you know, like, I forget, I barely remember it at this point. Uh, it was like one of those game show type things and uh i i was we were get we were getting we were told as an audience to like you gotta do this and now you gotta do that and so we had to we had to perform too in a way like mm-hmm. you know clap here clap there shut up there you know and, uh, so it wasn't quite a real performance but uh she she was there i saw her in person so uh, so we dated uh back in the 90s uh you know briefly you, you know say, and uh, yeah. yeah you know uh, we have we had a cup of coffee uh yeah so it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right now my other question is how did you guys get legendary artist sergio argonis to do that awesome variant cover for issue two how did you guys get that or how magic. that was all tom yeah tom, <laughs> tom pyre magic he is magic yeah. um yeah i i don't know and uh uh i i i yeah I I wept. It was as a as a Gru the yeah, Wanderer fan growing up. It was it was really incredible. And I you know, we were really excited too to get Peter Bag to do the uh variant cover for issue one too, mm-hmm. because uh his comic hate was is sort of I feel like this comic oh, yeah. is a little bit in conversation with those sort of nineties uh angry young man comics. So uh so that was amazing. And of course Sergio Aragonis, it's like it was like, you know, it's like having Jack Kirby draw you know, yes. Nelson, which would also yeah, be pretty weird. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, he is the Jack Kirby of, of humor comics, I think, yes. basically. And yeah. and so, yeah, it's just it was. I I I'm still blown away by it. Me too. I was yeah when he when I got the sketch uh, uh, that Tom shared with us uh, for this. I'm like, oh my gosh, he got the character, and and that's something that I I part of the design of that character and mm-hmm. and and it was it's so weird because like my first influences was mad magazine uh <laughs> you know when i was like you know that was one of my first you know uh i don't know i i don't know if that one counted as a comic book or what but like you know i was like uh, once i started reading mm-hmm. uh it was mad magazine and uh, uh you know all of his little corners uh, little border pan, uh, border things were my favorite, you know, things of the of Matt magazine and uh, him, Jack Davis and Mort Drucker were like, those are my art gods back then. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and to be clear, like Tom just sent us the sketch out of the, out of the blue. Like we didn't know he was working on it or anything. Yeah. It just like showed up. So I thought yeah. it was a practical joke at first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <It's> totally. Totally. <laughs> <tough higher magic. laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so I'm, gonna, I'm slowly wrapping this up. Um, favorite convention moments, either as a fan or as a creator? Every time I run into Mark Texiera, uh, uh, you know, he's usually drawing some, somebody or some, something. And uh, uh, I don't know if people realize that, like, he, he's usually the last person to leave a convention uh, because, like, he, he'll, like, run into a security guard that was, or, uh, or somebody, that, or a janitor, like, somebody who's a big fan from, like, something, you know, in the 90s. And uh, he's like, oh, let me do a little drawing for you, you know, and then he'll do like a, a little head drawing for people, you know, as a gift to like all these, all the workers that, you know, not all, but, you know, a few here and there. And, you know, that's why he's always the last person to leave, you know, and but you can find him really easy because he's laughing his ass off at something and everybody's screaming and, uh, at, you know, that, that's still there. And, uh, and, uh, that, those are my favorite times when I run into, when I, when I run into Mark Texera at any convention. <laughs> so. Um, and for me, I mean, as a, as a writer, my first comics panel at, uh, Emerald city comic con with Ahoy, um, uh, was pretty special, not just because it was my first panel, but because it was, you know, it was with, with, uh, with Tom and uh, Mark Russell, who's, you know, even before I started working with him at Ahoy, you know, he's my favorite current comics writer and still is. And uh, so that was, that was just like a, a total fanboy moment for me. And then I've had a lot of, I've been lucky to have a lot of interactions sort of, you know, where I just run into people. Like I had a, a, a great conversation with Mike Mignola when there was like nobody in line behind me at Emerald City Comic Con. It was really weird at, that like nobody was flooding him. So we just we just hung out and talked for a while and it was great. Um, I had a, and uh, you know, meeting uh, David Nakayama, who as I said, is like uh, just a total sweetheart mm -hmm. who drew uh, covers for Planet of the Nerds. And um, I, I was at a, this isn't a comics convention, but I was at a Book Expo America convention as a bookseller in LA and Stan Lee was there. And it was a panel and this was before <laughs> Iron Man was a movie or anything like that. It was a big hall in a convention center in Los Angeles. And there were like five people in the audience. Oh God. And wow. Stan Lee. It was a, like, you can't even <laughs> imagine this now, but I like, I got to go up and shake his hand afterwards and everything. And, and, um, and, you know, and he was just like, he was, entirely stanley it was a pretty uh <laughs> neat interaction to just like you know shoot the shit with him after after an unsuccessful panel in los <laughs> angeles so you know it's it's those sorts of things that you can't you can't plan for that just happen that i think make make conventions oh yes you know it's why i miss conventions yeah yeah yes definitely mm -hmm. <laughs> all right have you guys been to hawaii I have not, but I hear it exists. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's somewhere west. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, I have not been. Um, in fact, my wife and I had tickets to go uh, right before the pandemic, and uh, so we still have not been. I'd rather not go during the pandemic. I know. I know a lot of 
people from the mainland are going there during the pandemic. And I think that's awful. And, um, and uh, so I don't want to do that. So once it's safe, we will definitely be going. Um, you're not on the big island, are you? I hear there was a volcano no. eruption today there. I'm on Oahu. No. Yeah. The big, yeah. It's, um, but what's nice, at least it's, um, yeah. oh, I can't even think of the crater's name. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not that bad. You know, the, the eruption is in an area where I don't, it's, there's no one endangered or, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's not any houses that's going to be damaged or anything like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but it's pretty spectacular at night, especially if you, you know, if you see pictures of it at night, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Free light, free light show. Uh, yeah. That's a, <laughs> Is it is it the kind is it the ex, uh, ex, eruption that's like shooting stuff really high or is it the the flowing kind? Uh, I, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure because we just I just been hearing some of the news reports. I I heard some of it is like it's a little bit shooting <laughs> up. It's not that bad. It's not the flowing, <clears throat> but then it's hard to tell because we don't know if it's. If there's one of the actual lava tubes, or if it's you know, if it's moving underground too, that's always a hard thing to tell. But yeah, yeah, yeah you can tell you've you've grown up there because you're like, yeah, there's a volcano like <laughs> yeah, vicinity is blowing up. But uh, yeah, you know, I don't, know. I, I, I hear about it, you know. Yeah. But uh, like, <laughs> I mean, if I, I, if I had a volcano blow up within a hundred miles of me, I'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to start wrapping up, wrapping this up. Um, again, um, what, can you guys promote your social media platforms again? Yeah. So, uh, at Paul constant on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. F Harper or Fred Harper.com. Uh, and, uh, dead red Fred on Twitter. And, uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Any last words to our listeners? Aloha. Uh, <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. Yeah. How do they say it? What's my British accent? Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> there, we, there. I'm sorry. Inside joke from earlier. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I just want to say, you know, thanks. Thanks for listening. I hope you read the book and um, uh, I'd like to know what you think. And um, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, um, uh, I think that's it. <laughs> and if you buy enough Snelson issues, like you should get, you know, you can, it takes about, I would say about 30 books and you can prop up a corner of a couch with, with them, you know, so, and then, Order 31 so you have one to read once you've propped the couch up and, uh, you know, you go like, hey, I'm sitting on some Snelson right now, you know, so get your, get your, and then there's five issues. So you'll have like, uh, you know, you, you have enough for each corner, you know, a whole couch and a, and a wonky chair. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly <laughs> a really bad pillow. And, uh, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right paul and fred we're gonna end it on that note <laughs> mm -hmm. um you're I, welcome <laughs> i wish you, i wish you guys all the success for the snelson series you know and mahalo thank you for your time thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview guys you know again like i said just thank you very much you know um, mahalo thank you so much yeah, mahalo thank you very much it's nice to meet you
If you are a new reader to comics or a lifelong comics fan, please check out Snelson Comedy is Dying. Issue 3 comes out in stores, and, and like I always said, or maybe out already, depending um, you know when you listen to this episode, it comes out on August 13th. Again, I want to give a big mahalo to Hannah. Thank you, Hannah, for setting this interview up. And Hannah, like I said, you are a lifesaver. Thank you very much. I also want to thank Drew, the co-host of Comics for Fun and Profit, for putting this episode together. And Drew, thank you for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. You know, And thank you, the listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys, aloha.